I'm Tass Mellis of The Starters, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Double Clutch NBA podcast presented by Leaning. I am Matthew Wellington, your usual host, and I'm joined tonight once again by Mike Miller. Hello. For the second time this week. Second time in three two days, days. Two days. Three days. It, yeah, it was Monday night. It's now a Thursday evening. Was but, it Monday um, night or was it Tuesday night? Was it Tuesday, it was Tuesday, it might, night. Tuesday night? God, it was. Oh my God. We've still no, got, over, got over our um, bank holiday weekend hangover. <laughs> <laughs> um, we thought we'd, uh, we'd, we'd kick off a, 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 a sort of quick. 30 to 40 minute show hopefully on um on the the conference finals matchups which obviously are now set in stone so we've been waiting all season for some of these and we've got we've got one of them that we have definitely talked about many times on this show this season i think it's safe to say Mm -hmm. definitely Um, that that is well it should be the finals but yeah it's gonna uh, be good and then we've got a an unexpected one but first we will just uh jump on the back of some of the uh the final games that were left before just after we did the last show actually um Houston played Utah, obviously, to win the series in that one. Chris Paul had an unbelievable 41-point career high um, with eight three-pointers to help reach conference finals. And, you know, breaking the the rocks for him, finally getting to a conference finals after, you know, throwing away 3-1 leads and just doing all (laughs) kinds of stuff in in LA that I'm sure he'd he'd rather forget. But, yeah, they uh, they won that game 112-102 despite a pretty epic second half performance from um, Donovan Mitchell who got a lot of respect from the stars of the the Rockets after that game. Deservedly so as well. He he did sort of take it to him in the second half and sort of showed why he should not be overlooked although he's not going to win it uh in in the rookie of the year chatter. Yeah, and it's it's really lighted up the the rookie of the year chatter. You've obviously got a sort of the front runner in Ben Simmons now and then Mitchell's had an unbelievable playoffs but then Jason Tatum's had an even better playoffs and yeah it's just a shame that the the votes are cast before the regular well as the regular season ends so none of this counts anyway but no it's weird it's it's something that we can all remember and I saw something the other day that was compared you know trying to compare the 2003 draft class which was obviously Wade and, and Anthony and James versus the three that we've got at the moment and it's cool to think that we are now really setting. We've, we've almost had a transcendent draft this last year, and yep. it looks like we're going to get some some really good players out of it. But yeah, Donovan Mitchell, twenty four points, nine assists, um, phenomenal performance. But unfortunately, they lost that one. And then the uh, the other Tuesday night game was uh, obviously the Pelicans and and the Warriors, and the Warriors um, won that one. They led throughout most of that game, despite the fact Drew Holiday had a twenty seven point eleven assist, ten rebound, triple double, and Anthony Davis just went bonkers with 34 points 19 rebounds um it just shows you how good you know steph curry clay thompson draymond green and, and durant are when they can combine for 94 points <laughs> it's ridiculous this this lineup is just insane and even when you throw in Igudala, who over 25 minutes puts up you know what one of four from the field he's just it's, he's not there to score he's there to facilitate he gets five assists which you know, it is is fine for a guy who's not a point guard. It's just that it's just crazy that they have this much flexibility that they don't need 
him to contribute in in sort of in box score sort of terms. They can just go out there and just basically ruin anyone with with four guys. Yeah, and then last night we had Boston and Philly, which was a game I watched um, just after I got back from work this evening, and. My God, the, the the Sixers gave it one. They uh, they didn't certainly roll over like that other team in the Eastern Conference that we'll, we'll not mention. Um, <laughs> I almost mentioned them, but let's not mention. Let's not let's not dampen this uh, this pod with their name. I mean, um, the Celtics had a halftime lead. They were up by nine points, but Philly dragged it right back. And what a Joel run at the end. Joel Embiid was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he's that that mid range game of his is just. It's just really good to watch. I watch. I was watching him and, and Horford and comparing how they work, and the game seems to come a lot easier to to Embiid. And it seems you know Horford, his fundamentals and his technique are not what you would call um, ideal. No. But it just you know, obviously Horford is a great player. Very, very useful. It's just, it's just really interesting for, for me anyway to watch their contrasting styles as they move, and just the way that MB just gets the ball and faces up, and then just out of nowhere just just puts up these beautiful little jump shots over double teams is just, yeah. No, I I, I enjoyed that game a lot. This is, it was it's unbelievable seeing Joel Embiid doing Euro steps and scoring layups with them as well. It was, it's something yeah. that you're just not used to. To seeing, but they've they've got a wealth of talent there. Um, ben Simmons had a, an interesting game. He he made some big shots to give them leads late on, but that three sixty layup thing. What was oh going on God. there? I was <laughs> just like, wait, what? Hey, <laughs> crazy. They, they, it it was it was a really interesting game. Like you generally thought that, that the Sixers were going to steal it and, and take it back, but yeah, Terry Rozier just came out big again, and then Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know, the 20-something the futures of the franchise all had fantastic performances, and th- th- they really took advantage of the weaknesses in Ben Simmons' game this series, and Ben Simmons has already come out and said that he's not really going to work on a lot this summer, which is probably him just trying to dampen the fire, stupid. but um, yeah, it does seem a bit, a bit daft to me, but... We, we we shall see. Everyone's saying he should rework his shot, but if um if it's the same guys who helped with uh, faults, it's probably not going to be a good thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few shooting coaches out there. I'm sure he can pick up someone off his own back. He's rich enough to do that now. Yeah. Um, I think this was just it's it's weird because I keep wanting to say that this is uh just put it down to experience. These guys are are still young. It's their first sort of run around. You know, especially for, for for those two, you know, Embiid, um, Simmons, and then even like Saric, um, who went off and was just yeah, he got really angry with Smart, Marcus Smart at the end when he was trying to tie the game as well. Yeah, he was, it's like, backing him up in the post and just ended up throwing him right off, which I thought was going to be called a foul, and it ended. They ended up turning the ball over. So, <laughs> uh, so so like the three, you know, people saying, well, it's down to their experience, and I get that, I totally get that, but on, at the same time, you've got. Tatum, who's got the same amount of experience, admittedly he's surrounded by more veterans, but it, it just seems—I don't know—I don't, I don't know whether the the whole experience card can be played as strongly as you would hope it would, if that makes sense. No, um, it's, it's, well, especially when Philly have got you know Bellinelli's coming off the bench and Reddick's coming exactly. off the bench, like they've been there and they've done that and they've hit big shots. And Reddick wasn't really much of a factor throughout several games in this series. Bellinelli was not as effective as he was in you know the first round against the Miami Heat, but. They really took away the three-pointer for, for Philly throughout all five games. And, you know, when Philly turned it scrappy, like we said on uh, Tuesday, like they, they, they can compete and they tried to do it in this one. But unfortunately, it was 
a little too late for them. But for the, for the whole series, they just made JJ Redick and Bellinelli work for absolutely everything. Like they attacked their weaknesses on defense, and then they they capitalized them on the capitalized on them on the offensive end as well. They just this Boston team don't show any mercy, and it's it's fascinating to watch them sort of adjust on the fly to what's happening because obviously mm-hmm. a lot of it is what they've picked up from their coach Brad Stevens and his tendencies, but then you have the impact of him as well. So going into the, the series against the Cavs is going to be, you know, that 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 is really going to be the the mastermind versus the, well, it is the, the mastermind that's LeBron James versus uh, Brad Stevens because I can't exactly say Tyron Lewis, you know, <laughs> all, 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 all there. No, I, I agree. It's going to be a, an interesting one, particularly because we've, we've written off, I say we, definitely I have, I've written <laughs> off Boston so many times already. Uh, this this postseason, that like the minute Kyrie went down, I thought, well, you know, that's it. Just go out there, have some fun. Of course, they win the uh, the first round, and I thought, well, okay, we've we've just seen an impressive Philadelphia victory over Miami. Boston are in trouble, and then they've just effectively dismantled uh, the Seventy Sixers in five games. Yeah. And so now I'm just sat there going, well, you know, two rounds ago the Cavs were on the ropes against the Pacers. They might have swept that unmentionable team, but um, <laughs> but but how how are they going to continue this form against Boston, who are a much better matchup for them? Well, it's it's going to be a really thrilling matchup. We may as well get on to the uh, the Boston and, and Cleveland matchup now. So obviously, Boston do have home court, which could play a, a critical factor in this series. It's it's just annoying that we've waited all year for this, and we were expecting Kyrie versus LeBron. And we finally get it, and Kyrie's not healthy, and obviously Gordon Hayward's injured as well. Like, it speaks to the Richard, the, the depth of talent that the Celtics have right now. That mm-hmm. they're here in the first place. They were obviously here last year, but it was a it was a different team and a different mindset. And you know, they were led by Isaiah Thomas, who's a very very different player from the likes of Terry Rozier, who's leading them at point guard at the moment. I mean, the Cavs won two games in the regular season series against against this team, and they absolutely handed. The Celtics, their backside, back in February, just after they made the yeah. trades at the deadline, everyone remembers Jordan Clarkson hitting that big, uh, what was a layup or a dunk, and like LeBron celebrating like he'd won the finals, and we all thought, oh, this is it, it's all gonna kick off for the the Cavs, and it, it kind of didn't, and then they played the the you know the Raptors. Uh, I went there. <laughs> they played the Raptors in the last round, and George Hill sort of refound himself and. J.R. Smith couldn't miss and Kyle Corver and Kevin Love just made the Raptors look a little bit clueless and it, it, it looked like it was sorting itself out and obviously LeBron was was LeBron but if you're the Celtics you have to worry because there's you know LeBron's had 21 wins against the Celtics in the postseason which I believe is the most of any player um, and that's a fascinating stat in itself but when to be fair he's had many attempts Yes, and <laughs> arguably ran a, you know went to Miami in the first place to beat the Boston Big Three that had been set up in the East in the first place. So mm-hmm. LeBron has history with this franchise, and it's, it, that just makes this matchup all the more fascinating, especially without Kyrie. Because you know if Kyrie was there, then the the the, the factor would be so much higher. But if Boston can do what they did against Philly, then you know this 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 could go either way and in my head like a, a boston warriors or a boston rockets matchup in the finals would be probably more appealing because i think they would grind they, they'd really try and toughen it up but then you you know you lose the fact that lebron james is, is there i mean last season in this series against the celtics lebron averaged 29 points six rebounds six assists like he had to play 
at a phenomenal level and they won that yeah. series in five in the end. I still think the Cavs are going to win this in probably six or seven games, but Boston are really, they're going to make them fight for it. Yeah, I, I, th- I, it's definitely not going to be a cakewalk. No. I, I can never, I can see, I, logic would say, suggest that Boston could take this because Absolutely, yeah. you, you look at the, the individual matchups and, you know, guys like Corva shouldn't even be able to stay on the court with guys like Tatum and um and brown and that's no disrespect to corver it's just down to the fact that these yeah <laughs> he can't move he's already a defensive liability they're going to take advantage of that the way they took advantage of bellinelli but you can never count out someone like lebron like i i, I keep saying it I've, I, every time i talk about this team i can't count him out until he until he's been beaten by someone because he just when whatever you throw at him he seems you know finals aside where he's, you know they've been waxed a couple of times in in the in the eastern conference it doesn't matter who he's against he he just seems to find a way like they they shouldn't have swept the last round they, they shouldn't have done it and yet um i've just had an email pop up from slam magazine shout out to them uh, <laughs> that that he was telling raptors players how to run their own plays during yeah, series yeah. it's just like uh, it, when a guy's that level of of just off the charts basketball IQ. I there's no circumstance that that I can't you know sort of rule him out at all. We, we were talking about the um, David Griffin podcast uh, podcast earlier, weren't we, with Simmons? Yes. And um, so th- there was that point where there was a, a Brian Winhorse. I'm just name dropping now of people I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Winhorse had an article a week or so ago about how LeBron is now picking his spots so well. He effectively has one of the lowest workloads, despite playing the highest minutes and things like that. And it's just his, his just. I feel like he's 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 at. This is really really cheesy, but he's almost at one with the game at the moment. He's just completely in that that zone. No, he is, and he said it himself. He said by doing that and playing that effectively or efficiently, you know, he then has the extra energy to go the extra mile when they need him to. You know, hit a running, hit a, hit left, a running yeah. lefty off the glass with a you know Adobe in your face. <laughs> yeah, and I, I honestly think that he alone is enough to get him within sniffing distance of the next round. Mm. And as long as someone like Kevin Love steps up, doesn't disappear uh, like he has done in previous series, they should get it done. But I, I'm not. I, I say this because I can't rule him out. But I'm not at all confident in it going Cleveland's way. I, I no, no, think it will. But I don't know. If they're winning it's it, tough. it's going six or seven. But if Boston win it, then you know I, I would. I generally would not be surprised if they won it. They've got enough multiple defenders to throw at LeBron that it, they could make him really uncomfortable. Jalen Brown can guard him. Jason Tatum can guard him. You can throw Smart and Morris on him. That they've got this ability, and you know even Baines and Horford, who we mentioned earlier, like they're 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 mobile guys. They can get out and guard guys on the perimeter. And this Cavs team is predominantly built around the offense. And they showed that against Philly, if they can shut down that perimeter game, it makes it so much tougher for you to score inside against them. And if that happens, then we're going to be you know counting on one of those LeBron James epics, or we're going to be needing Kevin Love, who was averaging twenty and ten in the series against the Raptors, to, to you know to carry on and keep averaging that. I think. Speaks a lot to say that Tyron Lue just kind of has rolled with the guys that got him through to the finals 
the last couple of years, it's almost like he doesn't want to, doesn't know what to do himself in terms of coaching on the court. So he just plays what is what is in his mind the best lineup. And we said it the other day, like you know the Raptors, they don't know who their best lineup is. I think the Cavs have finally worked out who their best lineup is, and whether or not that's good enough to get through against this Celtics team playing the way they are, I'm I'm not sure. But I I still think you just it's the LeBron factor. I mean, if I'm going to pick one of the matchups between the two teams, it's Terry Rozier versus George Hill. Like, it, it, Could this be a real difference maker in the series? Terry Rozier obviously completely has him for pace. He, just, just purely down to the fact that there's there's a massive age difference between the two. But he averaged 16, 16 points and shot 47% from three in the regular season against the Cavs. And I think that could be a real factor. Like George Hill, for as, as well as he played in the Raptors series, like... He's still working himself back from you know from from injuries, so that could be something that certainly Brad Stevens could take advantage of. But the thing with LeBron is, it's you know LeBron surrounded by shooters. How do you solve that problem? Teams in the Eastern Conference have been trying to solve that problem for the last eight years. Um, I mean, if you send help, you risk opening the the threes on the corner. And when you've got guys like Kevin Love and Corver, like you just mentioned, they're going to hit it because that's what they do. Um, and this is where I see sorry this is where I see the key difference between the Philadelphia series is that Simmons doesn't have doesn't have that outside shot yet and LeBron is proving that he has that night in night out so you can't put Horford on him because Horford can't sag off like I said on Monday like he was doing with Simmons he can't sag off and help he has got to be out on the perimeter the minute he steps up he's not keeping up with LeBron Um, you've got the guys like you mentioned Tatum and Brown who Quickness wise, yes, they're they're well up there, but strength wise, Physicality against wise, this yeah. six foot eight, two hundred and sixty pound just behemoth, um, no, he's going to bully them. Marcus Smart, I think, despite giving away height, is the kind of pest um, that yeah, can you- <laughs> that can really get under his skin. He's physical, he's stocky, he can he can sort of, you know, it's it's still. A disadvantage to have Smart on LeBron, um, so that's where I'm thinking. Where, where someone like Morris, if he can engage himself to to be locked in defensively, he is the similar size, a similar build. Obviously, not a player of the same level at all. But if he if he forgets about the offense, this series, his focus is entirely on shutting down LeBron, or not. We I say shutting down. It's like um, well, you just need to make you just need to force him. In, you need to slow him down. Yeah, force him to score. Force him to score on the inside against his team, and then he'll come up against you know the guys like we mentioned Horford and and Tatum in the middle who can then attempt to stop him that way. Like you, it's a toss up. Like do you make do you let him be the facilitator and he beats you that way, or do you let him beat you by scoring? Like you have to you have to force the Cavaliers to compromise somewhere. Um, that could be ignoring LeBron completely and trying to take out you know some of the other guys and and show that poor bench for what it. You know, that also the poor bench, the poor rest of that lineup for what it really is, because the you know the the Raptors certainly didn't take advantage of one of the one of the worst um, sort of you know secondary guys. Kevin Love had to had to really wake up and win them that series. I think if they do what the Pacers did, then th- this could be a really tough series for LeBron. But I I can't count him out. Like it's like the, he just owns the Eastern Conference. He's beaten so many good teams the last eight years on his way to the finals and. It's an unbelievable streak he's on at the moment, but like I said earlier, they built, or like we've said throughout the most of the season, actually, you know, they've built, they've put the perfect guys around him. Like as as bad as it's looked, some nights, come big 
times like this when he needs you know Kevin Love in the corner to hit a three or or J.R. Smith or Hill they all that's part of their game that's an aspect of their game that they have and they're pretty good at and that will make the difference but I, I think Boston are going to push it I think it's six or seven but I'm still rolling with the Cavs <laughs> I'm, I'm going Cavs in six but it's a very um unconfident <laughs> <laughs> Prediction. Which is weird, being unconfident in LeBron James, but it's yeah, really down uh, to well, the rest of his the rest of his team. Exactly, yeah. I have more than it. Like if if this if this was any player other than LeBron James, I'm not picking this Cavs side to get out. I, they wouldn't have made it out the first round. Who's more talented right now, even without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, of the two teams? Well, LeBron James is the most talented guy on the floor, <laughs> but if you go strength in numbers. Exactly, there is there is the, a wider spread of talent. I think in in Boston right now, and, the, and it's just the fact that they can all work in the system. They've got guys who can just come in off the bench and and, and fill in roles. Whereas Cleveland are sort of they're struggling with these guys who who came over in in February. Maybe it was January. I can't remember when the trade was. Um, they're still struggling to adjust to their roles. These are we'll bring him up again. Rodney Hood. This is the kind of series <laughs> where you need someone of his pace, his length. His athleticism, his shooting ability, and where is he? End of the bench because he can't he can't find a rhythm, and yeah. it's this this is where the Cavs have been let down, and it's you know I, I, I'm not apportioning blame to anyone. It's it's just a matter of fact. And he doesn't want to come in when he doesn't get the chance. Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> that's a weird one. Um, okay, so Cavs Celtics uh, that tips off at half eight UK time on Sunday. Um, I assume that will be the BT Sport game. So if you've got BT Sport, you can watch it on there. And then the rest of the series goes Wednesday, half one in the morning, Sunday, half one in the morning, and then game four onwards, you you may as well look yourself because obviously that filters. Um, But yes, it it tips off on Sunday. So that's the the first one we'll get to, to get to watch. Looking forward to it. Although we're now at that point of the year where we don't get basketball every night. (laughs) <laughs> withdrawal no, symptoms. Withdrawal you're on the podcast on Tuesday complaining that there's too much to cover in the playoffs <laughs> yeah and, and now well it was because we went from having eight teams we did and, 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 and now we're down to four and I can see the end is near and it makes me a little bit sad uh, despite the fact that week I was like oh my god there there is too much going on right now basketball never stops Basketball never stops. Speaking of which, we'll have a, we'll have a random tra- uh, random um, random transition now onto something completely irrelevant. Um, did you see the the Lamarcus Aldridge apparently reached out to Damian Lillard to be traded I, back? Do to you know Portland. what? I, I did see this and I haven't read it yet. I've flipped it up whilst uh, <laughs> I was trying to load the PC and I had too much PC rage, as as you know, because technical issues. Um, I just to get your much... your thoughts on that, considering you're uh, Adam and Blazers guy. An adamant Blazers guy. I try to remain completely impartial. You do a good job. Um, they need a big man, yes. <laughs> bring <It's>, him back. <laughs> well, well, I I would bring him back under certain conditions. But I, where does it get you? I See, mean, he, he's got a big con- he's got a big contract. He can win games for you. But in terms of where does it get you? He's he's a decent defensive present. He's shown that in San Antonio. He hasn't yet extended to the three-point line, which you need to now do. And I just kind of feel that the Blazers would have to give up too much to get him. Yeah. And I can't see San Antonio taking any of those 
horrific, horrific contracts that are sat there uh, in in Myers Leonard, Evan Turner, uh, Mo Harkless, to name a few. Well, this uh, was this was him reaching out last summer, so the chances of this happening so last are probably are probably uh, right. very slim. But... See, this is why I hadn't read it all. No, <laughs> no, no. But that's just. Uh, yeah, well, you had your I, chance, mate. It, it blows our conspiracy theory out of the water, though, because we were all assuming that Damien that, that those two didn't get on, and for him to reach out to Damien Lillard and be like, "Look, could could you see if they'll trade for me?" <laughs> yeah, so that, so that's just that's just like you know regret though. That doesn't mean they didn't get on. The same as uh, Shaq and Kobe notoriously didn't get on, but now deny it and are like, "Oh, if we'd have stayed together, we could have won eight or nine. No, come on now. You didn't like each other. You moved on, and then you kind of had that. Oh, um, you know that. Don't know what you've got till it's gone. Sort of reflection. Mm. Anyway, we'll get back onto the Western Conference, but before Let's we get do, back onto teams that actually count. Yeah, we will yeah. just jump onto uh, Josh Coyne's uh, Aaron Baines article actually on the website. Go check that out. Doubleclutch.uk. Aaron Baines and the trials of protecting the basket in the internet age. Great read. It's good. Very good read. Absolutely. Sparked a good conversation between myself and uh, another DCer, Nick Whitfield, yesterday. So, yeah, it was a good, good article. I enjoyed that a lot, actually. And the, the, the video clips in it are, are good as well. Mm. It, 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 funny, funny you mentioned Nick, actually, because um, we're, we're obviously talking about the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors, and Nick actually wrote the preview for the Houston Rockets in our season guide. And in the season guide, he wrote that they would be judged by how far they progressed in the playoffs. Never was anything truer written. Nick Stradamus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the matchup that we've probably spoken about too many times on this podcast, um, but we're going to talk about it again because it's a clash of styles. It's the team that was put together supposedly to beat the Warriors, and oh god, this is there's so many there's so many stories. But um, the smack talk's already begun. Draymond Green doesn't care that they're playing the Rockets, and he hasn't been focused on anybody else all season. He doesn't care. Steve Kerr came out and said that we're the champs and they're coming for us. This is uh, this is all the storylines we wanted, and uh, yeah, it, it tips off on on Monday. Well, Monday evening, Tuesday morning our time, so it's going to be a late one for everybody. Definitely, um, and it, but it's going to be worth it if you if you if you don't have league pass. <laughs> stay up and watch it. Unlucky, stay up and watch it. Uh, if you have League Pass and you haven't, aren't able to stay up and watch it, it should be the first thing you watch the next morning, uh, which it will be for me um, because I can't handle late nights anymore. Damn you, <laughs> sports. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be really good. Uh, I wonder how much the matchups are going to come into it. I've, I've said before on the podcast, Chris Paul is one of the best defenders of Steph Curry there is. That's not to say he can stop Steph Curry. But the way he gets in his jersey, gets physical with him, uh, knocks him out of his rhythm, that sort of thing, that's going to be a great matchup to watch. Clay Thompson trying to slow down James Harden, that's going to be great to watch. Who Harden guards is going to be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if they stick him on Draymond Green um, for for significant periods. Who's going to slow down KD? Because if they roll with this Hampton 5 lineup, then... This is the biggest issue for them because you've got a seven footer who well, I mentioned his skill set on on Monday's show. He's just untouchable. Clint Capella is going to have to bust a gut to to stay on the floor, I think, and that could be mm. one of the key um, players in this series. Is if Clint Capella's not on the floor, that does a lot in opening up the the the, the Rockets' defense to be taken advantage of. 
and we, we've seen at times in the season that he can switch and stay out in front of guards, but I wonder how long he can do it for when he's got, you know, even without a switch. If he if he's constantly being drawn out and constantly having to chase around KD or, or someone else slightly even smaller, I wonder, I just, you know, this is a guy who, whose whole game is running rim to rim, and if he's running even more on defense, I'm not sure how that's going to pan out for him. Yeah, I guess he's had a nice warm-up, Clint Capella, because obviously in the first uh, round they, he faced off against Carl Anthony Towns, who you know is an, a perennial all-star in the making, and then second round Rudy Gobert. Like it, it, he's, but but they're very different players to to facing Absolutely. Kevin Durant and Javale McGee. Should the Javale McGee play like? There's he's not playing. Quite a few things jumping around that said that, that he he might start games. Which is, is they've got hard. a roll with the Hampton Five straight off the bat. Surely they've they've been flexing it in the last series. Why would you revert? This creates you know, I'm not no disrespect to Clint Capella, but he's no Anthony Davis. <laughs> so if so, why would they try and mix the lineup to go back to Javale McGee? It's just I, I I just think it worked well against a guy, you know, one of the best big men in the league. Why would they go to why would they adjust that? Make the Rockets try and figure out a way of stopping that. Because what are they going to do? Probably look to someone like PJ Tucker, who's um, you know a very strong but undersized guy to to maybe try and play some of that five spot for them instead. It's um, it's going to be a really good one where the matchups are going to determine each game, and I I, I expect to see several tweaks. You know, mid get not just each game, but like within the game, people are going to start tweaking the systems they're running it's it's gonna be really good yeah and we mentioned the Warriors in the last podcast that they've they've sort of sort of driven themselves towards the mid-range game this season and throughout these playoffs so far and then Houston are there they're the layup and the three-point team like we've got such an interesting clash of styles like the, the Warriors a third well third in the NBA this season in terms of passes per game the Rockets were all the way down bottom 30th and in terms of off-ball screens, like we know the way the Warriors play, they're constantly whizzing all over the place. They were second in off-ball screens and the Rockets were 30th. So you've got this isolation basketball, which has been completely redefined by the way James Harden's played this year. Like He didn't have as good a st- statistical season as he did last season, but he's changed his game to fit with, with Chris Paul. And I think Chris Paul, this is his his moment like you, you he has to come into this series and he has to set the tempo for this team like he has done all season I mean he set the tempo for the NBA's most efficient transition offense it made the game easier for the Rockets and their role players like who'd have thought half the t- half the guys on this team Gerald Green w- would make you know a big impact coming off the bench and, and they are and a lot of that is down to the way that Chris Paul plays he's lowered the turnover rate for the Houston Rockets and he's got unbelievable decision making like he's a Hall of Famer he was a Hall of Famer whether he made this conference finals or not but the fact he did and to to get there with that performance in game five like we mentioned earlier it, it, it is just a class act and it speaks volumes as to how good a player he is but it'll be interesting to see how him and Harden match up against Curry and Clay. like you mentioned very different styles of players but then Kevin Durant really is 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 going to be the the difference maker in this series. But you know the Warriors across the playoffs so far, they have five games or more with thirty assists, which is just ridiculous. So watching this two these two real clashes of styles is going to be the most thrilling thing I think for me. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think another key point is going to be Harden. He he's been he's got a reputation for disappearing <laughs> in, yeah. in the moment. 
and we've seen him have a couple of wobbles already this playoffs. They've been a little bit wobbly as a team this playoffs, the, the Rockets. Yeah. So they've not exactly been that team that we saw them this season. I think a lot of it in this series will come down to can James Harden take advantage of the switches that obviously the Warriors throw all the time and can the Rockets and can D'Antoni get get it working so that you've got Harden on a lesser defender. Now I'm, I'm waving my fingers in inverted commas for lesser defenders because there's not really any lesser defenders on the on the on the um the Warriors team but I guess you'd be looking at trying to take advantage of Steph Curry. Yeah, who who's not, you know, he's not a below average defender. He's 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 above average, but still he physically is is a lot smaller than than Harden and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of that pick and roll switch between him and Chris Paul to get that matchup just to try and create foul trouble for Steph as well. You want to know a crazy stat? Go for it. I was reading earlier. I, I, I have no idea where you're going with this. So let's, let's. Clay Thompson has not fouled James Harden in a matchup versus the Houston Rockets since 2016. Wow. February 2016 was the last time Clay Thompson fouled James Harden. Who a... the heck found that out? <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> it was on ESPN. I was like, that's that's absolutely crazy. <laughs> that's insane. Um, I, I mean, for, for 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 Houston to win this series. Do how how do they how do they do that? How do they take advantage? It's going to be you know attacking the individual matchups like we said. It's going to be switching players onto lesser defenders so they can take advantage. I mean, Houston put up thirty three points per game going one on one for the perimeter during the regular season in the matchups against against the Warriors, and they obviously won the the regular season matchups two one. But they were very close games. I mean, the Warriors lost that October game by a point, and then the the Rockets won another game by ten. Like it's these two teams have been built to to fight to well i say built as they have been built to fight each other all season and now we've got to the point where you know how do you beat the golden state warriors because you, you've got three point bombing and layup scoring and but these two teams are both really good defensively as well it's one of the things that everyone seems to forget is like especially during these playoffs they've both been the top two defenses in the playoffs so far and now you get that clash of styles. It's just such a thrilling matchup all round for like, it doesn't matter if you're a new NBA fan because you'll be able to watch it and think, wow, this is amazing because it's literally going to be end-to-end stuff. And even if you're you know, an enthusiast fan like ourselves, you're going to be looking at the intricacies of the game and seeing how you know Steve Kerr outcoaches Mike D'Antoni and vice versa. Like, There's just going to be stuff to watch everywhere in these series. And I, I, I want it to go six or seven games. You know, in the ideal world, it would go like twelve games, but we can't have that. So <laughs> I was, I was thinking that earlier. I was, I was literally, I was, just, I was where was I? But earlier this evening, I was just sat down having a, a think about what I want because you know I said already we now I'm getting withdrawals because there's not games every <laughs> night, and I was like, what why isn't there a twelve game then, conference finals? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, how many games do they play in snooker again? It's like twenty seven or something, isn't it? Like, <laughs> the final of the Crucible. I was like, well, yeah, maybe maybe that's too many games, but I'd still. I would like to see this just almost every other night. These two sides going at it. Um, I think. I think the key again for me it comes back to whether Clint Capella can stay on the floor because the, the Warriors' biggest weakness for a couple of years now has been their inability to deal with size. They struggle against bigger, stronger inside guys, but I think they're too good for that to be a worry. So for me, then it comes to how the Rockets can adjust to being smaller. So it's it's going to be the guys like Luke Mbamute, who who is renowned for his defensive ability. Yeah. He's going to really earn 
he, well, in fact, he's already really earned his his two point one million paycheck because he's grossly underpaid for what he brings to that team. Uh, and then it's going to be the guys like the Trevor Ariza's, um <clears throat> excuse me, and um, I completely forgot his name now. PJ Tucker. It's going to be those guys who who really make the difference in this series because they are three and D guys. This is a three and D system. They've they've got they've got height. They've got length. They're gonna switch. They, if this doesn't work, then then where would the Rockets go from here? Is 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 my thinking? Well, if this doesn't work, what's the hope for the rest of the NBA? Because on paper, you've got two superstars playing at the highest level possible in Chris Paul, James Harden. Clint Capella's already getting talks of max contract offers this summer from the likes of the Phoenix Suns because of how well he's played <laughs> in the playoffs. And then they've got such a strength in depth. Like you just look at that bench, like. Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson, Tariq Black. Like, there's some guys on that team who would be on, you know, starting rosters around the NBA. Maybe not Tariq Black. I don't really know. I said that. It's just a, it's a couple of good flashbacks from his Lakers days. Um, but, Gerald Green. Yeah. yeah, Gerald Green. Like, there's, they, I, I think if you put the two teams side by side, it's really difficult to find where the weaker, where the weaker point is because they match up so well. And obviously, Daryl Morey's built this team to to go into that but I guess if you're looking at one thing at the moment like the Warriors aren't shooting the three ball very well like we said the other day they're still shooting 33% which is not really them they've struggled to score off the dribble in the postseason so far and they're, they're averaging less points on the pick and roll than, than they did during the regular season but they're very very minor drops and a lot of that is probably due to the fact that Steph Curry hasn't been on the court until you know the last three games of this series against the Pelicans and when he did come on the court like we said on Tuesday completely changed the game opens up the spacing opens up the floor so much for them it's like playing a different team but it's it's going to be an unbelievable matchup and i just can't wait it's just so annoying that that's not the sunday game really i'd prefer that to be the sunday game for us but there's yeah, no way they do I'd it agree because, with that. Of the, it's because it's a west game obviously i yeah I, it's the game i want to watch and would prefer to watch live um the Warriors, to be honest, aren't shooting a great percentage from three either. They're not as reliant on it, obviously. They're well, no, that was the Warriors I was saying. Attempts. Oh, right. It was, yeah, well, the Rockets have struggled from three as well. They're supposed to, they've been yeah, they've not they've been themselves. They've struggled with bench production. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how quick they can go pace-wise because we saw the Pelicans just really try and ramp up the pace. <laughs> that went well. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Warriors could hang with it. It's, I, I just think this is going to be a, a, a sort of a rapid back-and-forth almost like a tennis match just just you're just going to be watching guys go up and down the floor for i i reckon it's got to go see i i went six with Cavs as well but i think it's warriors and six because i think they're going to take it on the home court in game six yeah because i don't think they'd want to go back to houston no. i think home court could play a, a, a big advantage houston have got some gnarly fans as well but it's like where's the biggest wild card out of the players on the rosters like who who's going to come on and have the big performance that you don't expect is it going to be Kevin Looney is it going to be Zaza Pachulia is it going to be Jordan Bell like is it going to be Clint Capella like we were saying like we don't we know we know who the, the factors are like Draymond Green Steph Curry Clay Thompson James Harden Chris Paul they're going to show up it's a case of where where else from these rosters do they get the little bit of spark they need or the little bit of individual brilliance you know the plays that Marcus Smart's been making for the Celtics and the plays that Terry Rosie has been making, where are they going to get that from in this series? Because I don't really think we've seen that from 
in the first two rounds for either of these two teams so far, but that's purely because they've been so good they haven't needed it. And they've not been that good because they've just been average compared to themselves in the regular season. But mm-hmm. like Draymond no, said, they were waiting for this moment. Yeah. At the, the minute you mentioned Zaza then, I, I, you know, there was a lump in my throat and I was like, oh, God, there's only way I can see him impacting the series. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if we... They, I mean, they still go into guys like Quinn Cook, who's having a, you know, a fairy tale season, essentially. He's gone from being in the G League to starting for one of the... Well, the, the best team, the defending champions. Uh, now he's obviously coming off the bench again, but he's still... He's still contributing, he's, mm. and I I just think he's got nothing to lose. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a couple of good games where he takes advantage of of someone like Eric Gordon. For for Houston, it's got to be more than just more than just Harden and James. Yes, they're both capable of putting up thirty and fifteen, but they need then neither of them are going to do that night in night out. They mm. need the rest of the guys to step up. The bench hasn't been great for a while now in terms of their production and without them they're going to struggle to keep to keep pace with this this Warriors team who are just capable of getting every single person involved and everyone is on the court and moving and just working as a single unit essentially um it's going to be it's going to be a great series it is it's the playoffs it's a you know go into this game with a clean slate it doesn't matter that the rockets won the regular season series 2-1 same as it doesn't matter that the Cavs won their regular season series two one like that's irrelevant now. The the game's completely different. Um, I'm just curious to see how 33 year old Chris Paul does in his first conference finals appearance. You know he had 41 in the last game, 27 the game before that was probably the biggest reason they won those two closeout games against the Jazz. And it would be the perfect time for him to really just stamp his statement as being you know the the best point guard for like. 20 odd years like or you know it, it would be it's it's his moment and his time but i can't wait i, I don't know what more there is to say on this series <laughs> i don't think there is we should we should make people wait no more and just end end the pod now and then they can just sit there shaking for the next three days four days or however long there is before they have to watch now I, I, this is this is going to be a, a great series um i really hope it's everything we expect i hope everyone remains healthy yeah. Um. Because you know, you mentioned thirty-three-year-old Chris Paul. He's got dodgy hamstrings. He has, and he had to come out in that first game of the regular season against the Warriors because he couldn't keep up with the pace. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, I think he'll be okay now. Yeah, I think he, he's adjusted. He's, he's been more than he's been more than uh, impressive since then. There's yeah. just it's just two rosters that are just stacked, capable of, stacked. of yeah, and capable of just setting fire to the nets it's just it's going to be brilliant yeah if it's not brilliant then i'm going to cry be interesting to see how many turnovers everybody has <laughs> yeah or whether there won't th- be that many we'll probably get a shaky start to a game or two where they're just two, two punts but uh it's yeah can't wait okay so i'm going i'm gonna join i'm joining you in the uh in six club that seems to be the theme tonight in six for both series Cavs, warriors um i think they'll both want to win it on the home court like you suggest yeah, no one there's, wants there's, to go into Boston in a game seven. Nobody. No one wants to be on the road. <laughs> no one wants to be in a game seven, let alone on the road. Yeah, that would be a tough one. Right. Um, 
please do check out the website as always doubleclutch.uk the twitter feed as usual is at doubleclutch.uk we're also on facebook and uh instagram i believe mr ross mcleod looks after that for us um please check out the website there has obviously been the articles that we mentioned um go up on there hopefully we'll have a new a few bits and bobs for you over the next coming um days as we prepare for these these two final uh, conference finals and then wow we're getting closer and closer to the actual finals which seems a bit of a you know, we'll seem a bit of a downer after this series, this uh, Houston Golden State series. <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers crossed it will be good. But I, like, I, I, if if it's Houston and and Boston that come out, oh, it's going to be great. It's, that's going to be a great finals. I, I think, I think if it's if it's, I think well, I, I think all the finals are going to be good. But I, I think that if it's the Cavs again. It's, LeBron's going to have to average a triple double, and they're still going to struggle to. It's going to be like last year again, yeah. Where it wasn't so much disappointing as just sort of, well, the the odds are against you. There's no way you can overcome this. They're going to need MVP Kevin Love back. MVP Kevin Love. Yeah, and they're <laughs> going to need Rodney Hood to fulfil his potential in the space of uh, a week. <laughs> yeah, he better do. So yeah, so that tips off on the 31st of May, I believe. Oh man, so not long to go at all. Not long to go at all. Um, right, well, well, we'll hopefully catch you. I think we're going to go on Tuesday next week because that way we can uh, cover the first two games of these series. Um, and then we'll be all over the place after that, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> right, if you're watching the games live, please do tweet using hashtag UK. We will pick up on them. I did see uh, Mr. Simon Hosanna putting out some amusing tweets during the Philly game last night, um, which I retweeted on the account earlier on this morning. They were interesting. Um, we didn't get any abuse from Orlando fans this week. <laughs> <laughs> they're quite a vocal uh, lot but I did, I, did, I did notice there's a Toronto Raptors UK fan club sprung up which is interesting um, I'm not too sure how, what the applications are like for them at the moment but <laughs> it's basically a dustpan and brush it could be a difficult one to try and sell um, and Dwayne Casey coached the year actually yeah just like we said he was going to be <laughs> at the same time getting rumours that he's going to be, gonna be fired. fired Yeah, which is just Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. Right. Well, hopefully, we'll have some fantastic uh, Eastern, Eastern and Western Conference finals to discuss. And maybe, just maybe, we'll find out what the hell's going on with Kawhi Leonard in the next couple of weeks as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Catch you uh, next week, guys. Bye.